going on good people welcome back to another episode of training well done your podcast on the what the why and the how of quality training here once again with your host coach donald welcome back y'all we hopping right up on into this thing it is uh mid-september at the time of recording just got done with the workout um feeling pretty good i have something to admit to y'all though I think I've acquired a bit of a game addiction. There's this, so before I even tell you all the game, back in December of 2020, we had another lockdown and I had been like on a, for like a year and a half, two years on this heavy sci-fi binge. I've always loved sci-fi, reading about, and being about space, reading, watching videos, but like I was just reading a ton of books, watching way more stuff about space and stuff like I was when I was younger, like a kid. And I was like, you know what? I want to play a game. Now, I haven't I haven't actually personally owned a TV since 2010. When I went to college, like my roommates had TVs, but I didn't have a TV. I have literally never purchased a TV in my life. Fun fact. Actually, I'm going to use that as one of those. Name an interesting fact about yourself. I've never purchased a TV. Anyways, um, <laughs> which means I wasn't playing video games. And I had tried this video game uh, back then called Eve Online. And it was cool, but it wasn't the type of game that I wanted. I'm not going to get into the specifics of it all. But fast forward, over the course of the next six months, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And all the other games that I would have gotten were like PC games, but I have a Mac. And anybody who games, I've learned and you probably know that Macs are not gaming computers. PCs are. Uh, most of these games you can't even play on the Mac. Like you can't download it. Anyways, I was like, well, let me try a mobile one. So I found a mobile game called Infinite Lagrange. And I started playing it on the 4th of July. And yeah, I've been playing it constantly since. <laughs> Sometimes I could go a day with hardly logging in. And other times, like, I might, literally my phone has said that I've spent three hours on this game. <laughs> It's bad. Anyways, that's what I was doing before this podcast, setting up to go take over a city and updating my base in a foreign star system. All right, let's get back to training. Uh, that was my post-workout kind of activity. Anyways, um, it's mid-September, and buddy, it was a busy summer with trackside, with just regular life, things with the gym. We have new coaches here at GHP. Shout out to Coach Adam and Coach Benny. And it's been a whoo But what's also been a whoo has been some of our athletes. Uh, I wanted to shout out a few. Um, first of all, a couple of our boys, high schoolers that are in their senior year, Jack and Holden, these kids are flying right now they're telling me there are times i'm like excited to go watch their cross country races uh upcoming because they were running like they both pr'd around 1650 ish uh it was a little under that but it was in the 40s yeah 1640 something it was pretty close to 50 as their prs last season but most of the time they were running like 17 in the teens 1720s the last two meets they they went 1630-ish, and then this past week was like 1622 or something like that. I'm just like, what? Like, their last two times are a minute faster than their average time from last season. 
I'm like, hey, you know, what's up with that 1559? If y'all listening to this, y'all probably are not. But if y'all are, that's what I want to see, that 1559. Shout out to the girl Yoha, a sophomore who's our first cross-country season. She just busted out like a 2203. Um, I think she might be able to go and run like 21 flat by the end of the year. Um, it's just in her. And... You know, she's fresh to the training. Like, she's going to get a lot out of it. Shout out to uh, the boy, Will, too. I told him over the summer, he's a freshman. They all actually go to the same school, funny enough. He's a freshman. And I told him last, uh, back in the summer, like, I think you could go under 20 minutes this year. But I was talking, like, you know, championship season. He just ran 19 minutes two weeks in a row. I'm like, oh, oh, my. Well, well then, buddy. So good job to you. Kudos, kid. Um, and, you know, it's funny just watching him when he gets when he's out of shape. Um, you know, I've worked with him when he was out of shape a lot and getting him ready to get ready for high school, like offseason training. And I was like, man, we, we struggling hitting 23 right now. And, you know, but he built that base. He was patient. We went on a lot of runs back in the wintertime, and he built it back up. And it was good, like, seeing that progress of seeing somebody who's, like, struggling to run, like, 23, 24. His PR was way lower than that, but when you're out, when you're out of shape, you ain't running nowhere close to that. To seeing him now, like, oh, you're running, like, under 20 minutes. Like, oh, okay, let me step my game up. Um, I was just – I saw his dad the other day. And I made a joke, like, right in front of his dad, like, you didn't tell him about that time when we went running and it flooded. I'm going to tell you all this because I don't think his dad listened to this podcast. There was this time, don't y'all judge me either, where the rivers in Pittsburgh flooded. And the day after that, there was mud everywhere. And me and most of the kids that I just mentioned actually went for a run. And part of this run, it was like, I don't know, February? involved running through the Mon Wharf. Like, that was just the route that we take to get to the Smithville Street Bridge. It was out and back to Station Square and from the north side. And, well, it was kind of muddy. And so in order to navigate the mud, let's just say we had to put our um, Explorer hats on and run, well, walk. We really walked. We did not run because that's actually dangerous. Un cannily close to the water's edge and oh for like a couple parts and then for the main part we actually were running way on the inside along where the tree lines are um by the parking lot so just in case you're listening we spent most of that 200 meter stretch on the inside by the trees but we spent a little part of it kind of close to the water's edge and so uh you know it was like a hey this is our thing Hopefully we never do this again. I mean, it was it was safe, but like it doesn't look safe. Anyways, so that's our little story. So shout out to uh, those four kids um, putting it down this year for high school cross country. Let's get on with the show. So hip mobility. You saw the title. You're like, all right, what is hip mobility? Is it how you break down on the dance flow? Uh, if you can break dance good, you probably have some decent hip mobility. If you can break dance good and it looks good, you probably have some decent hip mobility. If you can salsa dance, it doesn't mean that actually if you can dance well that you have hip mobility. It literally just means that dancing well just means you have a good rhythm. But the more mobility you have, the more access to movement that you have, 
And so hip mobility, why it matters, is for that reason. In sports, when you're playing, whether you're running, whether it's playing ultimate, whether you are um, playing basketball, football, uh, you know, if you're wrestling or if, like, say you're a gymnast, like, you need a lot of hip mobility. And what that really means is that you have the ability to um, change direction uh, really quickly because you're able to redirect where your hips are oriented, like where they're facing, changing the force um, in any particular direction. It also means that your femur, which is the big thigh bone, can go through a lot of range of motion. So people with stiff hips, they usually can't lift their knee to their chest. They probably can't bend over and touch their toes. They probably can't side lunge very deeply. And when you have to step over something, let's say, you know, I don't know, your little brother's just on the ground and you're trying to step over him. Can you step up and over, you know, knee height or hip height without turning your chest to do so? And so the hip mobility matters in that instance because when you're playing sports, if I'm playing football and I'm a defensive back and I'm backpedaling and then boom, I need to make a break to the right and then, oh, the play's going left, I need to be able to turn and go left. Good hip mobility allows you to smoothly just open your hips and make those turns. Whereas if you have bad hip mobility, you have to like take a lot of steps to stop and then reorient your whole body to move, which basically slows you down. If you're playing soccer, you know, you need hip mobility to be able to reorient where the ball is going and being able to change direction on the fly. In essence, hip mobility helps you change direction much faster because it requires you to not have to stop so much to move. When you have to stop and then restart, that's fatiguing and it takes up too much time versus if you have fluidity in how you can move your hips, can you turn left, can you turn right, can you turn your knees this way and that way, can you turn around smoothly, it saves you a lot of time and energy because you can just conserve the speed that you're already going at. So people with better hips are going to get tired less. Also, when it comes to running, you know, a lot of you listening are runners. As a sprinter, you need access to range of motion. We talked all summer about, and we talk about this pretty much every day, with being able to bring that foot up through the knee and above the knee to be able to get a really big stride when you're sprinting and running fast. Well, in order to do that, you need the actual, you need the mobility in your hips to step up that high without like your, uh, your thigh bone feeling like it's getting jammed into your hip. If you're really stiff, uh, we were actually just doing a uh, workshop with a group of soccer kids, well, yesterday from the day of this recording, and, you know, some of the, some of the kids were great, but we had, you know, there's always in a group some kids who are a little stiffer than others, and there's one particular boy who really struggled at lifting his knee up, parallel, getting his thigh parallel to the ground. It was really hard for him because he doesn't have that mobility, and that's not necessarily a flexibility issue. It, it probably is to some extent, but it's also a strength thing. Are you strong enough to lift your thigh parallel to the ground over and over again? You might be able to do it if I just say do it once, but can you hold it there? So that is part of, you know, why that matters. If I'm asking you to sprint at full speed, your speed is limited by how much can you really pull your foot through because it decreases the range of motion, which decreases how much force you're going to get into the ground. And if you're decreasing how much force you're getting into the ground, you're not going to go very fast or you're not going to go very far per step, I'll say. You might be able to turn your feet over quickly. 
distance running. So no, you don't necessarily need a ton of mobility in your hips for that. I'm sure you've all seen somebody who can run a pretty fast 5K and they are as stiff as can be. But what it does speak to for a distance runner is in a reflection of your overall health. If you don't have a lot of range of motion, then it puts you at a higher prevalence for injury, partially because of overuse. Um, also, just if you don't have access to those ranges of motion, that means that those muscles are not very strong, those joints are not very stable beyond the range of motion that you normally do for when you're running. And so that puts a limit on really what you can do movement-wise and can put you in the trouble over time of certain parts of your muscles or certain uh, movements in your joints being overworked and you not ever accessing any other part of that. That can become problematic after you put, you know, hundreds or thousands of miles on those legs if you don't have very good hip flexibility and being able to lift your knee up to your chest, for instance. So you have this really low shuffly stride. Well, after a while, that's actually going to be a problem if you, all your strides all the time are that low and shuffly. And there's going to be an imbalance in your body. And that's what really what creates the, the problem, the imbalance, because those hip flexor muscles that are on the top of your thighs and inside your body that come from your spine, if they're so weak and underworked, that will lead to a postural issue because of how you run. So you need that flexibility and that mobility not necessarily to run faster, but to have the ability to keep your longevity of running. So that's what that's why hip mobility matters. And, uh, you know, that's also a bit of what it looks like being able to just really have full range of motion. Now, it's like a sister brother to flexibility. Flexibility, I would consider and other, you know, other coaches, depending on how you define it, consider it as a passive kind of stay in that position range of motion. If I bend over and touch my toes, I'm just going to stay there and touch my toes. Or if like I'm, I lay on my back and I ask my teammate to come and stretch me and they lift my leg up and push it back, that's flexibility. Yoga to some extent can be just flexibility if you're practicing just holding positions. But mobility tends to be more about can you what what position can you put yourself in in yoga if, depending on how you do it it's about putting yourself in positions and flowing through them mobility in the hips and mobility in general whether it's in your shoulders your upper back is about putting yourself in positions actively with your muscles when you bend over and touch your toes you're not really doing any work you're just bending over and touching your toes versus if I'm asking you to go do a lunge, put your, when you put your left foot down, you put your right hand down, you take your left arm in front of the leg, reach under your underarm, turn your body, and then open your whole body up to your chest. Those of you who do this in the gym, you know what I'm talking about. It's an elbow to instep, or some people call it the world's greatest stretch. But if I have my, le my left foot on the ground, my right hand on the ground, I turn my body, let's say, now to the left. My chest is facing my left knee. And that big twist in the spine, that's mobility. Can you put yourself through that range of motion? Some people cannot because those muscles are not active and strong enough to actually move through that range of motion. And sometimes it's a strength thing. Sometimes it's really just teaching the body to actually do it. So mobility, a lot of that is teaching the body to do it. One way that we work on this a lot 
here is we have our we have a new program that we're doing here our athletic development program that we wanted to roll out for our athletes we work with a lot of runners and running you go forward and so there is a lot of imbalance with a lot of runners especially well at really at any level but runners who don't play a lot of other sports have a higher tendency to have imbalances in their hips because their life doesn't require them to go side to side or rotate. So we built this program out as a way to work on their coordination, flexibility, mobility. Uh, we do plyos and, and we do a balance uh, coordination. So it's, it's really robust, but we stress it for our runners so that they can practice doing something that requires them to do more than running because if you play one sport all the time, if you do one activity all the time, you start to get imbalances and those imbalances can lead to injuries no matter how much strength training you're doing if you're not addressing those things. So we use hur hurdles for our mobility. I was a hurdler in college, I hurdled in high school. In a college, I got introduced to hurdle mobility work and they, our coach did it for all the sprinters, but as a hurdler, we did you know, a lot. And it involved different variations of stepping over hurdles, bouncing and skipping over hurdles, doing it forward, doing it sideways, doing it backwards. And, you know, the hurdles might be at like between knee and hip height. And so practicing actively using those muscles in my hip flex, my thighs, lifting my foot up over the hurdle without trying to swing it around the hurdle, my opposite glute firing because of the postural demand of holding me up so high and lifting that knee up to my chest so I can step over the hurdle. Being able to, you know, go backwards, get your hamstrings or having to go through some ranges of motion or quads are doing a lot. And when it comes to a lot of hurdle movement, one thing that you find in SARS fluidness is can you step over the hurdle without turning your whole upper body, which is something that not a lot of people can do. So that's one way that we work on that. There are programs like Mobility Wad out there. Um, different types of yoga sessions do that. There are dozens and hundreds probably of mobility videos on YouTube. I would look up mobility. You want to have mobility obviously in your hips. That's what this whole podcast is about. But you need mobility in your ankles. You need mobility in your middle back, your thoracic spine as other people will call it. And you need mobility in your shoulders. Those are joints where you're required to go through a lot of ranges of motion. And it's not so much about just being flexible. It's about being able to put your body in positions. Because the bigger the library of positions that you can do uh, on command, the safer your body is going to be. And the better you're actually going to be able to play at sports. Outside of track, if you play a sport like ultimate, you play basketball, you play football, you have to be able to explosively, without thinking about it, contort your body to make certain types of plays. And when you think about your favorite players who play, they can usually just on an instant put their bodies in wild positions to go make a play, but it's because they have that mobility. Odell Beckham has these famous catches in the NFL, but that man's shoulder and thoracic spine mobility is unbelievable. So he can run forward turn around, see the ball coming, and literally turn 180 degrees and then reach his shoulder back in the direction he's going to snatch a ball and make it look like it's nothing because he has that mobility through his hips. I mean, through his, through his whole body, through his ankles. You have to be extended to be able to catch a ball like that. So you have to be extended through the lower leg. You have to be 
mobile in the hips to get your body straight and opened up. You need a mobility in your middle back to actually rotate your chest and your back to reach back for the ball. And you need mobility in that shoulder to actually reach back and be available for the catch. So, boom, mobility, hip mobility. This is why it matters. Here, those are a few ways that you can work on that. Um, so, let me know if you have any questions about that. Like I said, we do that with our athletic development program. We do that in the gym anyways, but we have, there are programs that you can literally download on your phone. I have one of the um, members I work with, she does Spartan races. She has mobility WOD. WOD as in mobility, the letters W-O-D. And she has an app on her phone and she does like, I think 10, 15 minutes of it every couple days. Or is it every day? I think she does it like every day or two. And she does that, you know, it's boom, 10, 15 minutes. You can find somebody to follow on YouTube. You can, we could design one for you, but you can go to a yoga session. Just go to a, not so much a calm and peaceful yoga. Find a yoga session that's more about range of motion, flexibility, a little bit more power yoga. That will, power yoga is probably your best bet. And really work on that because it's very, very important. So hopefully you got the message. Um, Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Send it to a friend. Tell somebody about it. Shoot me a message. Um, I'm Donald at ghperformance.com. Check out the website, www.ghperformance.com, because this podcast is sponsored by Global Human Performance, I guess. And um, follow me on Instagram, at coach underscore Donald. Shoot me a message. Tell me what you thought of this. Tell me what you do. I want to know what you do for mobility. I'm trying to get my mobility up. I used to have great mobility, and I'm not, like, horrible now. But, like, I want to get my mobility back up. But I want to try some new stuff. So if you got something that you do, you let me know. All right? Till next time. Peace.